0: Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me.
1: I won't be on the show. I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but so now you're the good one. Well, this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the
0: good cop. Oh, my God. The moral is, you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. Uh, it certainly does uh, suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Except I about you put on a show. Welcome to another episode of Good Pop, Bad Pop, where T says Ed Hardy when he means Tom Hardy because he doesn't know names and refuses to learn. M, name dyslexia. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Definitely what you have. So today it's a... Um...
0: I woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going, I think I said Ed Hardy. <laughs> I grabbed my phone, found the episode, listened to it, and the last three minutes of the episode, I'm like, you know that movie Mad Max with Ed Hardy... I don't even know what Ed Hardy is. It's like a like a, it's a fashion brand or something.
1: Makes terrible shirts owned by douchebags. Right. In the year, I, like, 2007. I don't even know <laughs> why that
0: would have prominence in my head. I've, I've seen lots of Tom Hardy movies.
1: But probably more Ed Hardy shirts, so...
0: Maybe. And I, mean, I also have complained before that I still don't know who Tom Hardy is, despite seeing, like, nine of his movies.
1: That is true. That is true. It's
0: like the everyman of actors. Yeah. Yeah. Right, According sorry.
1: to you. Go yes, on. so today uh, you are joining us on what is a very gloomy day. Um, very gloomy weather all week in Sydney town. All Sydney town, it is very rainy. Getting chilly, too. I dare say winter is coming.
0: Oh, I thought you would just introduced a weather segment. Always <laughs> oh, this is new, and I don't know if it'll play well, but you go for it.
1: Weather, thrown segues, same, same.
0: Yes, Thrones. So... Mm. We have a segment we're about to do called, well, I'm going to call it "Coming Sooner" because I'm Coming stealing,
1: sooner.
0: stealing the idea from Mark Fennell who used to review trailers. But we just hammered all the next couple of months' trailers. That we did, and thought we'd share some thoughts. Yeah. So with that segue, Game of Thrones, the final season. What do you think, Em?
1: Uh <laughs> I don't really give a shit anymore. (laughs) That was a roaring start. So over it. Like, I will obviously watch it because I've come this far and I haven't wasted all these brain points on nothing to not even see how this this baby ends. But I'm just so sick of it. On the plus side, now that we actually have a podcast as an outlet to talk about Game of Thrones on, I'm like, well, shit, at least now I can voice some of these damn thoughts instead of reading and going, oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or going, what do you think about this? Now we can bore other people by talking you wanna, about our shitty theories. Do
0: you wanna do a episode to episode spoiler cast every week?
1: Uh I don't know. That's a lot of uh foresight that I do not have yet. So maybe, let's see how it goes. Um but before it does that I do wanna have a whole little uh chat to see, you know, where our heads are at in terms of what we're thinking is gonna happen. In thrones. Yeah. Well I'm not ready to do it now. Ah, but I would uh, like but... to talk about the trailer. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the trailer was very you know, War is coming, winter is coming, the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. It's been going it, was, it had a very um War Never Changes vibe that you should know if you played for any Fallout games. Um Yeah, it was all, you know, War's Coming. Like War's been here for like eight years now and it's all been pretty shitty and everyone dies. Uh, there's some shots establishing all the ar- armies in the same place mm. about to actually finally face off with some white walkers on a, a large scale, which is the...
1: Winter has arrived.
0: Yeah. Winter the, has come. The war they've been hinting at the entire time.
1: Mm. Other than that,
0: it's just establishing shots of all the remaining characters.
1: With the exception of only um, seeing two characters standing together, which was exciting, and one character in war, this trailer could have been a trailer for any other season, I feel. Yeah. It <laughs> didn't seem especially like, ooh. Although I did um, quite enjoy seeing Arya oh, getting ready to go to walks. We've seen her sort of one by one pick off a few people, and now she's really getting into the throes of it.
0: Yeah, we've been hanging to see how new Arya is going to go once she's more, uh, joined everyone else, so mm. this should be should be good. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to strap myself in for the ride. They're spending a lot of money and making it all quite... Big, which is yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, it's. I'm ready for it to get to where it's going and wrap up. I'm a bit excited about it because I love these movie length. Like some people hate on the action scenes in Thrones, but I, they're highlights for me. The um, the Battle of the Bastards that was compelling television. There was the mm. the Golden Army attack with the dragon. That was oh, such good stuff. So
1: I like them. Eight
0: movies worth of it. Sign me up.
1: Sure but there's a rumor that um the battle is 90 minutes long
0: so yeah like the like return of the king i love return of the king yeah it's
1: meant to be way longer than that and that i got bored i wish return of the king that.
0: went for another 3 months <laughs>
1: Look, don't get me wrong, I love a big battle, I do, but I feel like you got to get off your own dick at some point about it and be like, okay, we get it, people are fighting, Goodo. o well it's been, done.
0: Yeah, but it's been seven years of foreplay. No. Get the dick out. No. <laughs> if there's ever a time for dick, it's now.
1: Sometimes you just don't want long East
0: <laughs> Noted. All right, uh, moving on from Thrones, Shazam! To rope you into one you're a bit more excited about. <laughs> Tell me about Shazam, man.
1: So Shazam is a DC character. Um, say the words, say Shazam, and bam, Shazam is here. So Shazam is played by my long-term favorite, Zachary Levi. That's pretty much all the information I have, because that's all I care about.
0: Right. So, um...
1: so we watched the trailer. Um, you sort of see a little bit about you know, what his situation is. Is he orphaned? I think he's orphaned. I believe that's what's implied. Was in the foster system or something.
0: Ah, I didn't pick up on that, but okay. No,
1: I think you watched a different trailer. I watched the first trailer.
0: Ah, I watched two, the newer one. Yeah, well, which then. was apparently shorter than the one you were watching, but yeah, they're hitting a bit more. So imagine Iron Man and the comedy montage when Iron Man's figuring his shit out. They hit a lot of those beats with um, mm-hmm. Shazam figuring out his powers. And instead of the grizzled Tony Stark, it's a, a... How old's the kid? I
1: don't know. I don't know. Kids like a, somewhere between 8 and 15? I don't fucking yeah, know. <laughs>
0: 15. i Yeah, some 15-year-old who's turned into an adult. So also doing that, but with more of a childish attitude to it. Now, yeah, this may land, but it may not, and I won't know until I see it.
1: I think it's going to go well. Um, I think it's good to see a DC movie that's going in a different direction, doing a different sort of character. Like, I'm a bit sick of seeing the gritty... Uh, DC stuff, it's hard to do well. Uh, Well, it's not hard to do well. It's just that they just don't do them well lately. Um, I think Zachary Levi is a fantastic choice, not just because he's spectacular in his own right, but I think for this sort of superhero, you do need that kind of actor who's got that boyish charm, and he all 100%s that. Uh, So not only that, but I think it's a really great way of showing his range because we see him in Shazam, where he's this, like, you know, has this boy-like wonder because he's a kid in an adult body, basically. But then you compare that to his, like, super suave, almost cold character in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's just like, damn, that kid's got range. So, I don't think he
0: was cold in Marvelous Mrs. Not, Maisel. Well, I think not he cold. was just a bit jaded of the, um... I forget what they called them, but, you know, the equivalent of the noopsies yeah. in the 1950s Jewish community.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, but you know, not cold, but, you know, he was a introverted quiet, sensible man in that in that show. He was a surgeon. Yeah, well, like I said. So, um, yeah, good illustration of his spectacular range.
0: Comes out next month. It does. Hopping over the fence to Marvel, we have a couple. Um, mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame. Did you watch this one? Yes. Yeah, so, obviously it's a direct continuation from Infinity War. Mm. Now, what... Marvel have done that's been quite impressive. Is kept raising the stakes. Now after 21 movies, you'd be like, ah,
1: but how?
0: Yeah, like how does how does it get even bigger? And now we're at our biggest and the most recent trailer. If you watch the trailer for these ones, um, I've been fifty fifty whether I want to watch a trailer or just go. Um, so very grim in tone. Everyone mm. sort of reflecting on their origin stories. We got a lot of throwbacks: young Cap, young Star, oh, young Stark and um, ruminating on the people, they've, I guess, spoiler or spoilers for Infinity War, mm-hmm. the people that were lost in that movie and sort of yes, reflecting Matt. on going forward. Now, one thing it sort of drew attention to that I, I know everyone else had talked about but I hadn't really thought about is Tony Stark's precarious situation at the end of um, Infinity War. He's on mm-hmm. another planet and everyone else is not... <coughs> <laughs> and he, he didn't get there by himself. He hitchhiked. So we're like, oh, you got to get home somehow. somehow. Um, so we finally have a Hawkeye sighting who's all intense and broody. We're going to assume he's lost a few family members. We know Ant-Man's in this. We're, we saw that in The Last Ant-Man. Uh, brief appearance from um, Captain Marvel
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the room with Thor, which is a combo everyone was looking to see as the two... The two alphas of the Avengers, the, the two, two strongest, God-likes. yeah. So, the fact that they're going to get along is nice. They're either going to play that up as a rivalry or make it more of a bro buddy thing. I think they're leaning more towards bro buddy thing, which well, I it's think going
1: to be interesting because they sort of did a similar thing between Thor and Star Lord mm. in Infinity War. So it'd be interesting to see how that whole trio kind of goes. I kind of hope there's a battle for Captain Marvel's heart, and she decides mm. to tell them both to shove it.
0: Um. So that looks good, and but the one thing there was a funeral. Like, but I still
1: like her with Starlet Sorry, go on.
0: Yeah, there was a funeral, and someone was in a casket. Cap was one of the pallbearers. What do they call that?
1: Yeah, pallbearers. Yeah, which is interesting because his contract is Chris Evans's contract is up, so I would have thought he would have been in it.
0: Well, yeah. So the speculation is either Stark or Cap are going to bite it in this one.
1: Probably both.
0: Well, oh, it's still possible, I guess. But mm. the fact that I put emphasis on an establishing shot of, mm. a, um, of a funeral and Cap was there, Tony was not. And there's been a lot of emphasis on Tony reflecting on his origin story. Yeah. In the trailer, he's narrating to um Pepper Potts, Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: Mm. Plus he's been training up um, Peter Parker as his new mentee. So he'll be the, you know theoretical replacement like it's invested a lot in him
0: yeah so it'll be interesting if they finally if tony bites it in this one but mm. all we have is speculation because that's what trailers are for
1: That is true i uh one of my favorite jokes that i saw going around about this trailer is that um because you know there's that shot of hawkeye sitting looking all broody and so someone said oh his barber must have gotten snapped halfway through that <laughs> the, the
0: <laughs> that's right he's got <laughs> a he's got a faux hawk no what's he yep. got he's got he's
1: got like a weird mohawk thing but it looks a bit weird
0: and, uh, and sort of it's turns kind of into a mullet and he's got you know faded sides and yeah he lost his... <laughs> yeah i'll play that um so another shot that was interesting all the avengers were in their new white avenger suits marking the new the new Avengers. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what they're doing long term. Um, phase Four starts after this. This is the last movie of this run, so they're gonna shake up the whole system.
1: I'm gonna be a bit glad for that, to be honest. Because I'm a bit like, oh, I'm always excited to see an Avenger film, but I'm also just a bit avenger out, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I mean, this is what how, did you say there was twenty one movies?
0: This is twenty one, yes.
1: There's so many. Or well, twenty two now to be in one after universe, Marvel. and it's impressive. And I enjoyed them. Don't get me wrong, but like, I want something fresh. Like, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, but whenever someone tries something fresh, it sucks ass.
1: <laughs> Not true. We enjoyed Umbrella Academy.
0: Oh, that's a um, in terms of the AAA A big movies. Mm. Star Wars has dropped out. Um, Avengers will just keep plodding along. They're just starting Phase Four.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm excited um, about Phase Four. DC,
0: I'm uh, a lot of real failures, but a couple good ones too but who knows? Name one. <laughs> Good DC ones. Mm. Um, Wonder Woman. Aquaman.
1: Uh, well, I've only seen one of those. so.
0: Yeah, everything else has been shit. Yeah. Um, Dark Phoenix. Mm. Back to the X-Men first class um, now I'm saga. I'm
1: very excited about this because um, X-Men is probably my first real foray into Marvel uh, way back when... Uh, big fan of original X-Men, watched X-Men cartoons as a kid. So, um, and I was always, I always thought that, that um, even though Jean Grey is, you know, a big part of a lot of the movies, they didn't really look into her a lot whole lot. And I'm like, there's so much untapped potential. So I'm really excited to see a Dark Phoenix movie.
0: I agree. Jean Grey has always been there, but she's never been particularly compelling or any good. Mm. And especially since she's, if you know, Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, X Men Three: <laughs> Last Stand, or whatever it was, yeah. you know, of the first wave of X Men, she was the kind of a big deal. Yeah, um, but with so much charisma coming out of um, Wolverine and Professor X, I think she kind of got drowned out a bit. Even Rogue was more interesting than Jean Grey. So big Rogue fan, yeah. So with um, the first class era, we're starting to look at a Jean Grey origin story, mm-hmm. and what's interesting is the first class reboot of X-Men has now been running long enough that they're going to have to start merging the first class people with their modern incarnations so McAvoy now sitting in a wheelchair with a shaved head Mm. we he got paraplegic in a few movies back Mm -hmm. and now he's lost all the hair and stuff we've got Magneto starting to get a bit more intense he's got to turn from um, into Ian McKellen from oh Whatever.
1: You just said the actor's name. No,
0: he's like he's
1: Oh right, okay. Senior
0: Magneto versus <laughs> junior Magneto.
1: Mm. But talking about this um this trailer, like the trailer looks fantastic, like it looks really good. Uh, and James McAvoy is doing a great job of portraying Charles Xavier and yeah, I think he's he's done a really good job of trying to be the same rendition of that character.
0: Michael Fassbender, sorry, continue.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. That was my only comment. That's all I had.
0: Um. Yeah, so we've got Young Beast. We've even got a Young Storm now. Mm. And it, this has got to turn into, you know, Halle Berry and Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all interesting. All interesting. Um, I haven't been seeing the x Men's at the theatres. I will be
1: seeing this one at the movies, yep, I think. Yeah.
0: The, I'm pretty keen. I'm pretty on board since days of future past which mm. was one of the strongest movies i've seen in a quite a while in the superhero genre mm. um outside of you know marvel just crushing it and everything but yeah. days of future past was a masterpiece to me mm. i don't know why i just loved it it was so good um yeah so that's one to look out for uh, john wick three did you watch this one
1: no, I have no interest in John Wick because of how it starts. So I will not right. watch any of them. So no, thank you.
0: There's a John Wick three trailer. If you follow John Wick, John Wick has the best sort of choreographed action sequences of any action movie in the last ten years. Um, you got martial arts. You got just lots of great gunplay. Uh, lots of accurate gunplay. The guy reloads and stuff, which everyone well, goes crazy for. Think. Yeah. Now, if you. Follow, at the end of John Wick 2, it ended rather poorly for him, and now he's been excommunicated by the League of Assassins.
1: Bummer.
0: Yeah. Um. So he's about to get a $14 million bounty on his head at the stroke of midnight or something.
1: Mm. So
0: he has to haul ass. Um, now, what was a weird decision? This
1: sounds like the plot of Crank. <laughs> Bring me this man. (laughs) You know what? It could be.
0: What was an interesting decision?
1: Crossover.
0: And this plays into what you said. They've Mm. paired him up with a dog again.
1: Mm.
0: Now, given we've all been reflecting on the emotional impact of John Wick 1, I think they would never make the mistake. None of them made a mistake. It was the whole motivation for the whole kickoff of the movies. But this dog will be great and survive to the end fingers crossed touch wood <laughs> It's just no oh way God. they would put us through that again um,
1: I think they would take you full circle because that will happen prediction he'll get 75% through the movie then the dog will die and then there'll be an even bigger I'm gonna murder everyone thing
0: he doesn't need motivation this time though everyone's trying to murder him
1: yeah but that's just what's gonna happen I'm telling you I'm putting it out there
0: and he's and famous for it. in John Wick 2 killing a dude with a pencil was it a lady I forget anyway Pencil murder. There was a cutaway in the clip where it looks like he was killing someone with a book, <laughs> and I'm like, "Are they trying to? Are they trying to one up the pencil?" I'm His like,
1: office works like a <laughs> sponsor or like a
0: sponsor, yeah. Uh, so, um, John Wick. There's also a John Wick TV show, not actually about John Wick, but about the Guild of uh, Assassins or whatever it's actually called in this movie universe. Um, in John Wick 2, he goes to a hotel, which is sort of like a safe haven for mm. assassins where you can get all specialty assassin services. It felt very video gamey. Anyway, I think the show is set in this hotel of all the characters are going to be assassins who drop in and out.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, last one I had. Now, this one was an interesting one. This wasn't a standard one on my radar, but mm. it jumped on my, it got my attention for a few reasons. Uh, it's called Good Boys. Yeah. Now there's a lot to unpack here it's just um it's made by Seth Rogen and they open the trailer did you see this one with Seth Rogen in the trailer
1: yeah where he tells them that they can't watch the trailer yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: that was so meta I loved (laughs) it so the trailer starts off with Seth Rogen interviewing the three boys who are the main characters of the um
1: of good boys
0: of good boys. Uh, three sixth graders, and he's like, "You can't watch this trailer." And he's like, "What? We're in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed to be in it. You're allowed to swear and do all this awful stuff. You're just not allowed to watch it then later." And he's like, "That's weird." And he's like, "Yeah, very weird." And it was sort of a throwback to all the you know all the controversy when Kickass first came out, and mm. um was a beat girl, whatever, the little girl who was like twelve and dropping C bombs and murdering everyone, and everyone's like, "Is is this cool? I don't know if this is cool." And it's like, she wouldn't be allowed to watch the movie she's yeah. in. And so they had this whole pre-trailer thing, because it was a unrestricted trailer, mm. saying how the kids couldn't watch it. Anyway, I just thought this was great, yeah. for one. And it was a sneaky way to get Seth Rogen in the trailer <laughs> to get your attention. So, it was, Well, it
1: worked. I was like, go on. Yeah, so
0: marketing <laughs> genius. Anyway, so, good boys, three sixth graders, antics. Mm-hmm. I got no idea what the story was actually going to be about. what it made me think of, it was... Sort of a spiritual five years earlier to super bad because by the same people.
1: Yeah, I I did get that impression a little bit, um, but I feel like said antics are much higher stakes than Superbad, from what I could see in the trailer. Oh, okay.
0: Um, now, what I thought I had a quick look at the casting and the the parents are um, there's Will Forte, there's Rata, uh, Lil, Lil Rel um. Anyway, he was in um, Get Out. Oh, right. The guy who drove the car. Um, and he was also in Tag. Oh. And what was interesting with these young kids, I've seen some of them around. So one of the boys you might recognize from Last Man on Earth, he plays Jasper, oh, the little kid with the afro. yeah. Yeah. And we're due for another circulation of the comedy, the big people in comedy. Mm. So remember... In my head, there was the Adam Sandler era. So you got Sandler, Schneider, yeah. Kevin James, David Spade. Mm-hmm. A few years later, flipped over to Ferrell, Riley.
1: Mm.
0: Um, to a lesser sort of extent, you got Rogan, Franco, mm. and the next wave. And we're waiting for the next wave of people. Mm. And so I'm like, all right, you got to watch these movies that have the kids in them because the yeah, kids but they're never become kids
1: to start with. No, even if you're thinking about things like Superbad, like they're all still like 25. True, playing sixteen-year-olds. So, and these these kids are very young. Like they could go and do whatever after this. Like you wouldn't know yet. You're right. SNL is who you got to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, but I don't know anyone on the current SNL.
1: Yeah, but everyone says that all the time, and then five years later, it's oh hey.
0: Mm-hmm. So keeping an eye on this one, just I'm just searching for these next comedy ones. Mm. The last time I got that feeling was from Blockers. The kid's in that one. Yeah, and yeah. one And the actor, the Australian actor, she's now in Miracle Workers. Yeah, that's she's true. The, one of the main characters there, so...
1: Yeah, it's more that age you need to be looking at. Like, 13-year-olds mm. could... They've still got time to develop drug problems and bad <laughs> of acting, so...
0: <laughs> that's all the trailers. Yeah, so that's, that's all the trailers I've watched this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, news, the only news item I had that was of any interest was um, James Gunn's been brought back to um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, true. Yeah, um... But Happy he's also that. staying on Suicide Squad. So he's going to be making both Suicide two aside Squad, or Two Suicide, Two Squad, mm-hmm. and Guardians 3.
1: Yeah, of course he'll be a busy man. Yeah. I think, it, well, this has been in negotiation for months, apparently, bringing James Gunn back. They only, just, just, only made the announcement last Friday.
0: Right. So, as in he was negotiating for more money or something? Well, or? They didn't say, they just said right. they were in
1: their own talks.
0: Hmm, sort of discussion for an unfiring.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they wanted to make sure before they announced it, obviously. So, hmm.
0: um, but that's it for news. You been doing anything recently? Watching anything? Playing anything? No. Not at all.
1: <laughs> no, I'm still watching Younger, so I'm pursuing that. Uh, the only other thing I watched is our our big review coming up shortly about Love, Death, and Robots.
0: I watched the first episode of Doom Patrol. Oh. Yeah. So, and this has been very confusing, because Doom Patrol is what inspired Umbrella Academy, but now is a show coming after it. Also, there was an episode in Titans called Doom Patrol, where they had the Doom Patrol. Mm. So, it's sort of come out of nowhere, and now it's everywhere, in terms of um, TV streamables. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I've actually gotten confused befo- by it, because when I talked about Titans, I read that Brendan Fraser was in Titans, mm. uh, was in Doom Patrol, and I just assumed it meant the episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, they got Brendan Fraser to do a cameo in Titans. No, he's actually in the actual show, Doom Patrol. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I only seen one episode, just getting a feel for it, and the bit I like, uh, this first episode was narrated by Alan Tudyk,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he addresses right away what a crowded field this is currently yeah. So he's really sarcastically narrating, he's like, oh, here we go, another group of outcasts forming a superhero thing. Here's some kind of origin story, and this guy, he's probably a scientist, going to meet someone. Is it a Nazi? Yes, it's a Nazi. <laughs> and it's very sort of self-aware, which mm. um is funny. I don't know if that'll hold for a whole season, but... Anyway, early days there. I will review that in time. I think it's about five episodes of it out now, so I've got four to watch on. But, um, yeah, that's all I've been doing. I've also got a little mini review for RimWorld, which I uh, can do in a minute. And then uh-huh. we can do our main review of Love, Death, and Robots.
1: Nice. Uh, just a couple of other tidbits before we dig uh, yeah. into those things. Um, some of things are coming back onto TV soon, which is very exciting. Queer Eye Season 3 has just dropped, so that's what I'm going to be watching next. Um, also, Santa Clarita Diet is back on the 29th of, of March.
0: March, okay. So, yeah, like so, next week.
1: Yeah, in one more week, really. And the other thing that's coming back is You, Me, Her, which is that show about the um, the triad relationship.
0: Oh, that's still going.
1: Yeah, so that comes back the 9th of April.
0: Busy couple of months.
1: Yeah, well, lots of stuff has been coming back and is... Um, emerging um speaking of other emerging shows um besides love death and robots which we're going to chat about soon um another show is coming out from the um cartoonist who does bojack and it's about two birds living in their 30s so it looks very much like bojack um very feminist story and it's by Mm. alon and tiffany haddish and it's just about like two opposite ladies living in new york doing all that stuff so um Yeah, I'm pretty keen for that when that comes out in a couple of weeks, months, soon. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff.
0: After the break, I'm going to do my mini-review of RimWorld. (music) It's not a AAA title that everyone's heard of. Mm -hmm. It's called RimWorld. Uh, It's by Ludeon Studios. It started off life as a Kickstarter in 2013 and got released late in 2018, and I've been obsessed with it for the last two weeks.
1: Something like that. Yeah. You've logged over fifty hours, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I wish Steam wouldn't shame me that like that. <laughs> I've had some downtime out of town, so I've had some gaming time. It it's great because it's not a particularly grunty game, so I can play it on my travel laptop and Score. Yeah, so I that's great. Um all right, so what is it? It's a top down sort of a construction management game, quite mm-hmm. simply. Um if you had to compare it to contemporaries it's Ark meets The Sims. Yeah. So you have your three pawns that you're like your little Sims mm-hmm. um are stranded on a planet and you then build a base survive blah 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 sounds kind of the same as all these games. You tame animals um and you build your base and you've got to kind of survive in the wild. Now at the outset your difficulty is based on kind of like your storyteller. Yeah. So you pick, like, a chill storyteller where nothing really happens, a chaotic storyteller, that, or uh, one that ramps up the difficulty and just Ooh. more and more hard stuff happens. So building the base by itself is fun, but pretty basic. Mm-hmm. But it's what you've got to do with chaos swirling all around you. Yeah. Um, you'll be doing your thing. There'll be a, an eclipse or a plague or an animal attack. Or you'll get raided and do all sorts of things. Um you can capture other pawns and like brainwash them and then recruit them into your team. So that's a whole part of the game too, to grow your colony. Mm. And where all the pawns get their sort of personality from. So you give them like work schedules and stuff, but then they kind of run around and do their own thing. So you're like, all right, sleep these hours, work these hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, one's good with plants, one's good at mining. You go, cool, that's your thing, and then they go do it. Now, all the pawns have traits, and they can range from being smart, to having an annoying voice, to being a pyromaniac. Mm -hmm. As I learned a bit later, the pyromaniac, my pyromaniac lady, was trouble, and I probably shouldn't have brought her into my colony.
1: Yeah, sounds unwise.
0: Yeah. So the whole thing is the stories evolve just based out of all this chaos, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I've just got some of my little stories I've had so far... Um i got raided
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and shot and beat them all up with clubs my colony was quite tribal at this point so was theirs and i captured three of them so stuck, stuck them in prison trained them up joined my team set them off working for me and the last guy their leader was a real holdout took ages and then i finally got him to join i'm like yay finally so i'm like okay what can you do? Go to work. And he's like, I can't go to work. And I'm like, why not? And I'm like, I'm una- unable to. And I go into the little character sheet and have a look. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, left arm was shot off. I'm like, oh, right arm was cut off. Because this all happened when during the attack. So he had no oh. arms. Ah. I didn't sort of notice this at this point. So I'm like, all right, you're, you're useless to me. What do I do with him? And there was a option to harvest organs. Ooh. Which is this whole meta this getting part. getting
1: kinda of dark Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole meta
0: part of the game, so I thought, alright, well, I gotta get rid of him, so I'll harvest his organs. So I harvested oh, them and he dies, obviously. And the his buddies who had joined mine got really depressed. I'm like, I'm sad because my friend died. I'm sad because we just harv- harvested someone's organs. Oh, <laughs> and they got really emo. And then To
1: be fair. Valid uh, yeah, perfectly valid for being sad.
0: And this girl who got depressed, and when they get depressed they act out in different ways. This girl was the pyromaniac, and just started setting fires and my base burnt down, and I didn't (laughs) live another week. That base wiped out. Uh, Next time, very similar. Uh, I got raided and this time I had some guns and stuff. I was a Mm -hmm. bit stronger. And so... No, 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 that's not what happened. So I got raided, and I beat them up in the clubs, and captured this girl, and recruited her and she was part of my team or good later on i get raided again and i'm just like yeah whatever let's shoot and they're all it was the same group so the girl on my side this was all her family and stuff oh, no. so we shot them to shreds and then this oh. girl was like oh i'm depressed my sister died and my mother died and my friend died oh. and they're all dead and then oh, she got no. depressed and she had a drug problem <laughs> So she got a. She Wait,
1: w- there are drug addicts in this game? Yeah. Oh, so okay.
0: you can make drugs, you can make alcohol, and they all get. If, you, uh, if they have too much, they become dependent, they go into withdrawal. It's really.
1: It's a very detailed yeah. game. The
0: systems are so complex, and you can't sort of figure all of them out. So anyway, this girl gets depressed, breaks into the storeroom, takes a bunch of cocaine, runs around, causes a ruckus.
1: Sure. Standard.
0: Lost power. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that. Colony didn't do very well.
1: Just another Saturday afternoon.
0: What else was there? I was so, once I realized I was going to have problems with colonists losing organs and limbs and all sorts, I got into bionics. You can Mm -hmm. make a bionic arm and stuff. And I got one of my favorite pawns, and I'm like, oh, I'll give her sword arms. Because you can. Cool. So I gave her these giant sword arms. Then we got attacked and she's like a ninja. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kills everyone. I'm like, that was amazing. Anyway. Slicing
1: and them.
0: Yeah. So the raid ends. I'm like, Aaron, go back to work. And I go to put her back to work. And I'm like, all hey, right, cool. Go back to, you know, cooking. She's like, I can't. I got sword hands. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, I've just cut off the hands of my best pawn to make her like a ninja. And she couldn't work anymore because she had sword hands. So I've got this Edward Scissorhands character <laughs> just sort of sulking around the base like, I can't work.
1: <laughs> How good do your gardens look, though?
0: <laughs> well, that, that was what I thought. I'm like, oh, you can harvest the plants? No.
1: Damn. No. Oversight.
0: Um, another one, I had one. One of the traits was she was a nudist mm-hmm. and was happy and not wearing clothes. So she had clothes. And she's like, I'm unhappy because I'm wearing clothes. I'm like, all right, set the settings. You can be a nudist. So, so she's well, like, yay, I'm happy I'm also cold. <laughs> I'm sad because I'm cold. I'm like, well, make up your mind. <laughs> so all the fun of it comes from the randomness and the way all the traits interact and all your pawns interact. And you kind of want to survive in a world of chaos and mm. very addictive, very fun. Um, so that one's called Rimworld. It's on Steam. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I do not recommend having pyromaniacs on your team.
1: Yeah, do not keep them in your camp.
0: No, that was... um hard to recover from when they burnt down my barracks <laughs> unfortunate and all my cotton got burnt
1: <laughs> oh not your cotton
0: i was making pants not that anyone one of them wear them damn the nudists <laughs> anyway so that's my review of Rimworld. do recommend um i've also been got my eye on one called the dwarven fortress so there's this one that's been around for like 13 years right. it started off as a text-based kind of thing and they're Ooh. finally making a sort of an interface and putting it on steam soon okay and it's going to be like Roomworld dialed up to 11 so yeah. many intricate systems and history and because it's cool you can have such intricate stuff and systems in a sort of a small very basic graphic game yeah. and this is sort of the new the new way to go i think for this style of game and i quite like it so mm. yeah that's what i'm gonna get into and it's easier to manage than Ark was which was a pain in the ass.
1: Arc was great on a computer. Yeah, PlayStation not so much. Sitting on the edge of our coffee table, being like, "What? Yeah, what does that say?" The,
0: those menus were too detailed for a console.
1: Yeah, mm. not ideal.
0: Anyway, that's the games I've been playing. Very nice. Recommend from T. After the break, we're going to talk about the new Netflix anthology. Anthology. There we go. Love, death, and robots. Welcome back. Love, Death, and Robots. When did it come out? Two days ago?
1: Yeah, something like that. A couple of days ago, 15th or Eight- whatever.
0: 18 short shorts. Yes. That aren't
1: short animated films.
0: Aren't related to anything or each no. other. They're all much. between 6 and 17 minutes. Yeah. M, tell us about it. What is it?
1: All right, so uh, Love, Death, and Robots is an anthology series similar to like how Black Mirror is on Netflix. Even the opening credits are, are quite similar, I thought. Um, it sort of scrolls between three different symbols going beep, 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 beep. Uh, and I like it because you can sort of connect what those symbols are to the episode afterwards. You're like, oh, that's where that comes in. Anyway, cute little details like that that I enjoyed. So Love, Death, and Robots is um, by David Fincher and Tim Miller. So David Fincher, uh, you might know who, as he did, uh, like Fight Club, Seven Gone Girls, Social Network, uh, a few other things. And Tim Miller is uh, popular for making the animation studio Blur, as well as doing Deadpool as well. So um, now the other two of these have been kind of working together on this project for uh, the last, what, like 12 years or something. So since 2008. Uh, Now this is almost kind of a reboot of Heavy Metal, so if you're not familiar with what Heavy Metal is, um, it did start off as like a magazine in 1977, and it's not about Heavy Metal, funnily enough. It is like a a sci-fi fantasy mag that had a lot of like erotica and hyperviolence and things like that, really popular. Um, And it even spawned an animated film in 1981, as well as uh, like a sequel called Heavy Metal 2000 in the year 2000, which tanked badly. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's on like 10% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. And um, so those sort of things uh, were really inspirational to the creators growing up. They were really influenced by um, Heavy Metal Mag and maybe the film too, I'm too sure. And so um, they were going to be allegedly working on a reboot of this in 2008 um, with, I think, Paramount Pictures. Um, But funding for that got pulled the next year and it didn't end up happening. But they were so in love with the concept that they were like, all right, well, let's, let's sort of develop this in our own way. So they wanted to do a similar thing by just pulling together a bunch of great, unique stories that weren't connected but just fun, short stories. Um, And what's really great about this is this is a really good time to be bringing in this kind of media, because a lot of the reasons why networks weren't picking this up is because they were like, no one wants to see short films, like, that's dumb, that's stupid. But we're living in a time where things like YouTube videos are popular, TikTok's popular, everyone wants short, digestible media. So now is the perfect time to have an anthology of short films. So watching this um, was kind of like watching just an animated drop fest, uh, I felt, Um, Overall, I can positively say that I enjoyed the series. Uh, What's really great about it is that it has something for everyone. Um, Every story is different. Was it 18 stories, 17 stories? 18 18 stories. And they're all so different. Um
0: They're all and not just like in story, they're all the art styles yes. are different. Every episode. There's one that was like motion capture, there was a CGI, one that was very anime, mm. one that was very eighties kids cartoons, probably like heavy metal. Yeah. Um, and just everyone was so different. Mm. and there's all the, the sort of rough themes of sci-fi, dystopia, and horror, but they're not...
1: And comedy. Like, there was and a, comedy, yeah. Well, that was the thing. They they wanted it to be cross-genre, and the only rule is that there were no rules. Like, there was no theme, no anything, um, and they, both the developers have said that they let the story inform the kind of animation that would come out of it. And knowing that and looking at them, you can really see... How that is the case. Like, one of them is a really weird, kind of dreamscape one with fish swimming around. That's really bright and colourful and beautiful, and that really tied into the message of that story, and so on and so on. A lot of the more like war focused ones were like very hyper realistic looking. Mm. You have to really squint at some of them to even see if they were animated. Like, someone was just like, Are you sure this is animation? Like, this looks just like a movie. And
0: what we got lulled into that because they were all so well. Um, motion captured, and then mm. there was one that was live action. I'm like, is is this animated? Like, it, I the still anim- don't know if it is. <laughs> yeah, the, anim- the animation was so good that mm. the actor walks onto the scene, and I'm like, ah,
1: wow, that's a, that
0: looks really real. Oh, it was real.
1: Yeah, I think. It, we think so. It was very confusing. Um, now, each story was done by like some different studios or different writers. Um, so there was a whole bunch of stories pitched to them. They sort of made this kind of collection and had a lot of input on them. Um, so I do have some favorites that are in there. Uh, I will say this, though. While they said that there was no theme uniting them, although you could kind of argue that Violence. everything was about either love <laughs> or death or robots. Um, I feel like that the strong theme that was present in most of these episodes was compound fractures because it is it is a very hyper-violent show sure, definitely not the kitties definitely not and um so many compound fractures which i hate i hate them so much it's one of the things that grosses me out the most and just almost every one of them had it and i was like oh that was so gross so i'm standing by it that's what i think the theme of uh, of this show is compound fractures we heard it here first
0: there's a lot of um there's a lot of like offensive things to you like it's all great but you're sort of like whoa something hyper violent and then there was like a really lovingly animated boob or a penis or <laughs> something it was just
1: there was so much pain
0: yeah there was so much and just like not in sexy ways just people running around being naked yeah, <laughs> it was,
1: just dicks <laughs> flopping out all over the place and i was like wow there's something you don't see every day
0: yeah and then there was you know all this there was a few romantic ones mm. Boobs and penises.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there was, a, there was definitely a lot of lovingly crafted uh, female bodies yep. <laughs> across the, the series, which happens in every kind of animation. This, like that's not Yeah, real.
0: this whole thing would have been like a 14-year-old boy's wet dream. Oh, yeah. Hyperviolence, sexualization, and just mm. science fiction, horror, murder porn, revenge porn. It's got everything.
1: For sure. <laughs> and what I love is that there would be like a scary hyperviolent thing Back to back with something ridiculous <laughs> and <laughs> funny, which we'll get into shortly. So, on that, uh, what were some of your favorite episodes? Um,
0: I sort of l- looped them into sort of their what I felt they were inspired by. So, there was mm. one that was like a, sort of the plot of Real Steel. There was one on Mech Warriors. One's very Matrixy. There was a Pixar one.
1: Like mm-hmm. The Dump,
0: that was the Pixar one. I didn't like that one much. Mm. Um, 127 Hours meets Gravity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give so,
1: names, like you just so, kind of throw shit around. <laughs>
0: yeah, so the ones I really liked were Three Robots was quite funny. There's yeah. three little robots that they're in. Humans are extinct and they're just running around the ruins of a city and sort of getting excited about it. Ooh, this is what humans did and just sort mm. of looking... At human things with naive like eyes, and that one was very really cute.
1: Yeah, three robots is definitely one of my favorites.
0: There was one called Lucky Thirteen.
1: This mm-hmm. was a
0: mocap one with um,
1: Shamira Wiley.
0: Shamira Wiley yeah. was the main character in it about a cursed slash uncursed ship because mm-hmm. it's Lucky Thirteen. So this was just a war one, and she was a pilot and had to do the drop zone, drop off yeah. the soldiers and Sony stuff. Funny
1: pictures, fun fact. Really, yeah,
0: that one was really good. Um, there was one called. Alternate Histories, Mm -hmm. which was sort of an ad for a service where you could go back in time and relive history with subtle changes.
1: Alternate Histories, it was an app. They presented it as an app,
0: and they Mm -hmm. as the this is the training video. And they're talking about, all right, our most popular request is killing Hitler, and so they just <laughs> run through a bunch of scenarios where Hitler dies and how it changes history yeah. and stuff. And it was like really dorky and cute, but also kind <laughs> oh, of violent and gross. So and, Funny, yeah. But my favorite one was, I think it was Zima Blue.
1: Yeah, Zima Blue was very good. Very like, I like that one because it was very high concept, um, very artistic short film, uh, and that's based on a story by Alistair Reynolds. Uh, by Passion Animation Studios. Ah, so that was
0: based off something else?
1: Well, they're, they're all based off something Right, okay. They're all based on a story.
0: Right. So that was about this um, uh, mysterious artist who mm. keeps one-upping his art pieces. and
1: By incorporating the colour Zima Blue.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, I won't spoil it. Give it a watch. But that was probably cool my favourite one.
1: Cool art style in that one as well.
0: It looked very much like um, before the Star Wars Clone Wars TV show, Mm. there was a bunch of minis that were Clone Wars, lots of mini short stories. It was that animation style Uh from those. Also, this whole thing made me think of, did you ever see the Animatrix
1: uh, oh, I I know of it. I never got, I always wanted to watch it, but never got around to it. So it was
0: similar. It was an mm. anthology of little mini stories made by different people around the Matrix universe yeah. and very similar.
1: Transmedia stories.
0: Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Zima Blue was my vote for number
1: one. Nice. So um, I also love Zima Blue and alternate histories and three robots. Um, I also really enjoyed The Witness, which I believe is the fourth, third or fourth one. mm in the um, in the series, and I really love the so it's sort of set in like a Tokyo-y looking place, mm. um, and it's just got like beautiful bold colors, and it's a I really like it because it's a kind of like a cyclical story, uh, but just the animation is stellar. The story is like it's very um, you know, very adrenaline fueled, and I, I really enjoyed that one.
0: And lots of naked running,
1: um, <laughs>
0: which is a theme. <laughs> I didn't
1: really enjoy that so much because it was a bit weird. I'm like, oh, this feels unnecessary. Probably my least favorite part of the story, <laughs> um, and I also really enjoyed Good Hunting, which is um, well one was, was a little bit like anime meets Disney type looking animation, uh, but it was a real like cyberpunk erotica story with. So it was a really good uh, feminist revenge tale, T A I L, based on the Ken Liu story uh, by Red Dog Culture House. Really good story with like very uh, deep character and character development in that too, uh, which is amazing and difficult to do in such a short film.
0: Yeah. what The real winner here was storytelling. How you mm. can just... Some of them were wholly contained stories just in a few minutes. Yeah, Others were just like a piece of a story or just an idea or a, a scene and you just mm. tell the whole story in six minutes or whatever. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. So uh, I was really impressed with... With that and um, what are some of my other favourites? Ice Age, which we mentioned before. uh, The one that isn't animated or was only partially animated. Um, There's an Ice Age happening in someone's fridge. It's friggin' weird. Topher Grace is in it, which is great. Um, Weird to see him looking like an adult man now. But um, good to see he grew into himself. Uh, But no, he was really good in that. Um, So it was another one that I really enjoyed. And one of my other favourites is um, When the Yogurt Took Over, yeah. uh, which is uh, very much a straight-up comedy about sentient yogurt. It was pretty great. Um, and that was that was kind of... Would you say that was, like, Pixar-y looking? I can't quite remember now. Sort of. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so so many... A, f- a
0: few of them were very Pixar-y.
1: Oh, not too many. Only a couple. Um, there was a few that were very kind of, like, graphic novel-looking, others that were, like, hyper-realistic... Um yeah just so much and it was really it was a real showcase of animation and art styles um which was really great. I mean this this has got to win some kind of award somewhere. Um what is very interesting though that I did find is that a lot of my favorites were all based on stories by John Scorsese, so I'm going to look him up and have a look at some of his Stories. So, what does
0: he do? He just writes short stories, or he's a novelist, or
1: uh, mostly, I think, mostly novelist. And they were all, 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 most of his ones were done by Blow Studio as well. So, he's so the ones based on stories from him were Three Robots, When the Yogurt Took Over, um, Alternate Histories. No. So, he seems to really he did have all the that, fun ones, <laughs> yeah. He did all like the the fun satirical ones. So, and I think they're ones that I quite enjoy. So, I'm gonna have to look into that person. Uh, yeah, so they were they were my favourites. Um, I did also like Shapeshifters, the uh, werewolf war dogs guys, um, but it just got too gross. <laughs> yeah,
0: a lot of compound fractures in that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of a bit, loose eyeballs. A bit too gnarly, but I really enjoyed um, the kind of, um, yeah, you know, the kind of world that that was setting up and and the undertones of like species to racism and all that kind of stuff.
0: Sorry, our our third guest is snoring. Yeah. <laughs> ignore the snoring dog
1: yeah between rain and snoring dog it's all happening here on a uh, good pop bad pop today um any other comments about uh
0: no so as you know my um reviewing scale mm-hmm. this one blows it out of the water because every episode's like on average nine minutes so you can build through a whole season in the length of a movie
1: more so or less, yeah. for
0: the investment of movie time, you get a whole season under your belt. So it's just efficient television.
1: It is. And even, even if you <laughs> if you see one that you don't like, then it's, it's fine because you go, all right, never have to say that again. What's yeah. next? Um, but it is very... I find it always difficult to say whether or not you like an anthology. Like a lot of people always said to me, oh, you know, Em, do you like Black Mirror? And I go, well, uh, I think so.
0: <laughs> I've liked some of Black Mirror, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's always quite hard to tell... Whether or not you definitively like something, but I can say that I definitively like this because it's all animated. It's all different animation styles, all different sorts of stories that are just very um, sci-fi, fantasy. Um, I could do without some of the hyper violence, to be honest. Sometimes it's a good thing. Other times, like in the hyper-real sense, I'm always like, "Oh no, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to see that."
0: Well, I was gonna say, if you're not into hyper violence, I would, I couldn't recommend this. It was like filth in terms of the violence. It was well, yeah I mean you so, can recommend so, ones to watch that weren't
1: violent like there was very minimal violence in when the yogurt took over.
0: Yeah, but there was only like maybe four of them that weren't violent.
1: Yeah, but still. Um but you know it's it's these are the things that uh that are across many of these episodes. So yeah. Overall would rate do definitely watch Love, Death, and Robots.
0: Would rate too. Mm-hmm. And that, unless you have anything else, that that's a wrap for this episode. We're I under think time. so. Yeah. Look at us go.
1: <laughs> so um, what are you going to be doing in the coming week? What are you watching? What are you looking forward to?
0: Well, I've got some travel. Um, I think, what was it? The favorite is on my airline flight this afternoon so more I might watch
1: reviews by yeah TV so I might actually watch a, a, a movie
0: time. that won an Oscar yeah <laughs> uh, no, sorry yeah someone won an Oscar for that one was yeah. it the favourite I don't remember whatever Oscar mm-hmm. nominated yeah Um, maybe watch a few more of Doom Patrol mhm mm-hmm. um season 2 of American No Activity and then I'm behind on my Star Trek Discovery so I might catch up that but whatever mm-hmm. just whatever I've got
1: sounds good how about you I will definitely be watching season 3 of Queer Eye as I yep. said before, very excited, and there was one or two other things that have come out on Netflix, which I forget what they were, um, but you'll hear about them next week. So I'll probably watch them, and more of Younger because I've come this far and feel like I've got to get through the rest of it.
0: And do you want to hear us do spoiler casts of every episode of Game of Thrones? I feel like that's a crowded market. I think there's a lot of people going to be doing that.
1: Yeah, well, we'll it gives it us too. something to do. <laughs> Join the herd, I say. Why not? I know. We'll see how we go. Um, maybe every couple of episodes. Or maybe just... I just like the idea of spinning theories. Spinning theories is fun. I
0: am looking forward to theories dying. Because it was like Game of Thrones. Everyone talks about Game of Thrones. And then everyone would speculate about theories. And it became the most clickbaitiest method of getting clicks. I've, oh, this new Thrones theory. Duh, so duh, duh, duh. <laughs> oh, it's been... Seven years of this shit.
1: (laughs) I much more enjoy talking about Thrones than I do watching it, to be honest. Like, (laughs) I'm just a bit sick of watching it. Early on, yeah. Every time I I start a new season of it, I forget what happened and who the fuck half the people are, and I'm like, oh god, that's right, I've got to remember 87 characters.
0: Well, in season four, you had to know 87 characters, we're down to five. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be the easiest season to follow.
1: Fair point. And that's they're true. not going to add
0: new ones in this season. They're just going to trim whoever's left. So. Oh, look,
1: I wouldn't put it past George R. Martin to um, put in new characters in this that's, season. That's
0: what's interesting. What's he do now, once the show's wrapped up? Does he keep writing the books? I reckon he's going to give up of? on...
1: I think he's going to give up on that book and just start writing this prequel no one gives a shit about.
0: Yeah, like... no, I don't know. Because I've read other books. Mm. but I don't know if I'd... Um read anymore because he's very long-winded and a well, lot of pointless me- stories and now that the show has showed us mm. which ones mattered and which ones didn't how are you going to keep reading one that you know doesn't matter
1: well but is, wasn't he only writing the one more book no oh okay there's th- more
0: and more and more there's right. nowhere near the end
1: I thought he, was, he only had one more book to write and that's why everyone was like he's
0: been about to release I think it's called Winds of Winter for mm. um, a couple of years now but that's not the final book all right. Yeah.
1: What's, um, oh, I've talked about it so much and I keep forgetting what it's called. What's the new show that's coming out? Oh, Good Omens. Good Omens I'm looking forward to, which has David Tennant and, um, Michael Sheen. Martin, I'm blanked on his name. No,
0: I'm no help. That
1: guy from Masters of Sex.
0: Oh, that guy. Okay. Yep. I don't know his name.
1: Yeah, well, you're helpful. Um, anyway, so because that's coming out soon and it looks really solid, I have started reading the book, which is by um, Terry Pratchett and that other one. <laughs>
0: name Dyslexia.
1: Well, it's not Name Dyslexia, it's just Name Absence. Um, name Absence. Who's that other person that writes a lot of fantasy novels that is popular? That's not helpful. J.K.
0: Rowling? <laughs> no.
1: Um, Pratchett and... Robins? Bleh. You know, with the turtle world.
0: I thought that was Pratchett. Ah, oh,
1: damn it. Then it's the other one. Anyway, I'm reading that book.
0: Cool. And so
1: <laughs> I'm like 20% through that at the moment. So uh, stay tuned for more of a review on that coming up. And that is all I'm doing this week. Watching that, reading that. Those are my things.
0: Cool. Wrap us up. What are them socials?
1: You're Alright. <laughs> You're so good at segues today, Just dragging me through the bus. All right. Um, dragging so, you through the bus? Yeah. Are we getting me on the bus? the bus?
0: Are we going on a trip? Where are we going?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think you have an Opal card. I don't think they'll let you on the bus. I'm going to get off this bus because. <laughs> They're going to kick you off the bus. You don't have a card.
1: Oh, uh, You're that person wants to sit next to on the bus. That's you. Fair
0: evader. No yeah, how, a...
1: how can you evade a fare on a bus?
0: By not paying it.
1: But people, do you, you do that when you get on the bus? That makes no sense. Yeah. How can you, like, go walk?: you,
0: you walk past the machine and, like, pretend you don't see the machine. It's like when you're blanking someone in pub, public, except you're blanking your responsibilities to pay the bus company.
1: Send us a tweet at goodpop underscore badpop. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. Do not listen to any of T's advice about public transport. Tell us which one of your favorite episodes are from Love, Death and Robots. Everyone's got a fave. We want to hear yours. Catch you next week. See ya.